welcome to the Cooperative Money Matters podcast. I'm Mark Caravan from Sydney Credit Union, and this month I'm joined by Michael Toomey, Sydney Credit Union's lending manager. Hi, Mark. And Angela Brenton. Hello. Angela, you are a member service representative from Sydney Credit Union, and you recently bought your first home, correct? Yes. Excellent. So we have the experts on hand to talk about the first time home buying process. That's what we're going to be covering today. We're going to be going over some things to keep in mind when buying your first home, pros and cons of renting versus zoning, and much, much more. Uh, So let's start off with renting versus owning. Mike, uh, can you list some pros and cons on both sides of this argument? Well, Mark, um, there are many pros and many cons, but a few of the the main ones, I guess, um, the obvious one is you will own your own house um, versus not owning your own house right. if you buy rather than rent. You'll have no landlord. Um, you're your own landlord, so you don't have to worry about do drop-ins and stuff like that. Um, and also, it's an investment for yourself. Um, so every mortgage payment you're paying, it's going to go towards uh, your future rather than somebody else's. Um, and some cons, I guess, would be when you own the home, you own the home. So right. you own the problems, <laughs> um, you own the repairs. Um, and also, if you're kind of a free spirit and you want to move, um, it's no longer a three-month notice. You actually have to sell that house. So right. it's not as easy to get up and go. So it's easier. It's 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 kind of one of those things that you want to be sure you're you're investing in this. Not only your money, but there's also a time investment if you need to do repairs. And like you said, uh, it's it's that you know you, you need to be ready to settle down and own this house because sometimes selling it is not an easy process. So uh, there are some definite definite pros and cons to owning and buying. Uh, Angela, as a first time home buyer very recently. Can you talk us through the process of deciding when you were ready to buy a home versus uh, you know paying someone else's rent every month? Well, it's always been like a goal of mine, like in my financial plan. Um, but I mean, I have, I have children and I have secured employment and I was um, reaching the age of 30. So I kind of decided it was kind of time to start looking into paying my own mortgage instead of somebody else's. Right, okay. Yeah. Perfect. And Mike helped you out with that? Yes. We helped you out here at the Sydney Credit Union. That's right. It is, uh, I guess, convenient to work at a place where you can just go and, and talk to someone that knows about this kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, you it have definitely the experts at made hand. the process a lot easier being able to bounce any kind of questions or ideas off of, off of Mike and the other lenders here. Excellent. Sure. Well, Mike, for someone that doesn't work here and work just down the, <laughs> down, uh, you know, the hallway from you, uh, what are some things that you could recommend the first thing that people should do when they decide that they're ready to buy a house? Well, I think we, we kind of answered that in the, in the question before. I would write down the pros and the cons for yourself because pros and cons are going to be different for every person. And obviously, if the pros outweigh the cons, then you're probably ready to start looking. All right. So one of the first things you do also, I guess, once once you know that you're ready, would be getting pre-approval uh, with a credit check, income verification. Uh, Angela, is this something that you did before you started looking at houses or did you start looking and then uh, and then started to look for the credit checks and, and those steps? Was, well, I mean, it was, was, it was always a, like on my mind that I wanted to purchase a home. So I've been looking like 
over the years, just always watching the market and seeing like what kind of house, like imagining what I would be like in certain homes, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. But when I really was getting down to it, I, I came in and I spoke to Mike and we did a pre-approval because I wanted to know where am I financially, what I can afford, like which houses I can actually afford to go and like think about buying. So it was very important to know what I could work with before I went to do it, yeah. Right, yeah, that's a smart thing. You don't want to yeah. find a house and fall in love with this house and then see that it's kind of outside of your budget or outside of your exactly. lending, uh, you know, your pre-approved rate. Uh, Mike, what kind of steps can people take to get prepared for pre-approval before they even arrive at a credit union? Um, well, what you could do, uh, you could always, one of the things that I usually suggest to my members is that um, knowing what you want to pay. So getting pre-approved is one thing, but um, knowing what you want to pay is another thing. Right. So you can be pre-approved. Generally, when you go into a financial institution, they'll pre-approve you for the, the, the maximum amount. And the mm -hmm. maximum amount is not always what you want to pay or is not always realistic. Mm -hmm. um, and that's one of the things that we do a little different at Sydney Credit Union is we actually base our pre-approvals off of a full application. So I ask for your pay stubs. I ask for your confirmation of down payment. Um, I do go in and pull a credit inquiry to make sure that your credit score uh, is high enough that there's not any delinquency or anything that may cause the deal to go awry. Um, lots of other financial institutions or online tools basically ask you to plug in just the numbers. They ask you to plug in your, your income, plug in what you think are your monthly debts, and then they do a quick calculation to see what you could potentially get approved for. Um, so then what happens is people will go out and they'll buy a, or they'll go um, looking and put in an offer and then come in and they pull a credit check and that cell phone that you didn't pay when you were 19 is coming back to haunt you now and if you hadn't known that in the beginning um, you could have actually not been in this situation so you could have taken the time to actually fix that. So yeah I mean a house is a lot of times the most expensive thing someone's going to buy. It's one of the biggest investments you're, you're going to make in this life. So really being able to handle your credit and, and, and keep a good credit score and all that kind of stuff really factors in when looking into an investment like this, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah definitely. Angela, was there anything that you didn't think of? Uh, you know, we're, we're just talking about people like, you know, Mike just mentioned people not paying their, their credit cards and that kind of stuff. Uh, not getting into anything that serious, but was there anything during the process that just kind of surprised you uh, or that you didn't think of before jumping in? Or were you kind of already prepared? Like you said, you've been looking for a little while. I was looking for a while. And I mean, I work here, so I do see a lot of stuff that happens. But the like the extra costs that come with purchasing the home. So you're not just looking at the cost that you're paying for the home. You have to pay for your closing fees and the lawyers and like oil and things like that and cost of inspections. You have to get the home inspected before you buy it, stuff like that. So you have to like you have to have your down payment, but you also have to have that little bit of extra money to pay for all those other costs as well. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. We're we're going to get into that in in a little bit, I think. Uh, but before. I guess you, one other thing, I guess, uh, aside from all of those extra bills would be a down payment, right? Yeah. Uh, so, Mike, do you want to talk a little bit about down payment options, different things that people buying their first home can take advantage of? And some of these are exclusive to first-time home buyers. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, the best down payment is always cash. Um, so if this was something that you had in your plan for a while and you had the ability to put a couple dollars aside... Um, that's always the best down payment, but that's generally the down payment that the least amount of people have. 
Um, other options are um, RRSPs. If you're a first-time home buyer, you're able to withdraw from your RRSP up to a maximum of $25,000 without any tax implications. Um, you can always get a gifted down payment. So if you have a, a fantastic grandmother or parents <laughs> that want to give you some money to get you into your home, that's an option as well. Um, there's also other options. There are some grants that are available that you can apply through uh, the Nova Scotia government um, that will assist you with your 5%. Um, and there's always the option to borrow the down payment as well too. Um, now that one being said, when you're going into buying your first home, to have another bill on top of something that you haven't been experienced in yet is probably not the best idea, but it absolutely is an option. Okay. So I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here. You mentioned cash being probably the best option. So if someone's looking right now at putting some money into an RRSP or if they're controlled enough that they can put money into a savings account each week, but they can't afford both, which one would you suggest as a, as a young person maybe thinking about buying a home in a few years, uh, where would you suggest that they put their money and, and how to manage that properly? Well, if you're a first-time home buyer, in my opinion, the best place to place it would be into an RRSP. And the reason for that is, is if you put it into an RRSP, um, hopefully it'll buy down your income come income tax time and generate a refund rather than a bill. And then if you get that refund, you can then take that refund and invest that either into your RRSP again. Um, or into a tax-free savings account or put it in that savings account. So that way you can generate a little bit more money rather than just tucking a couple dollars aside so that money can work for you. Perfect. Great. Uh, now, say if you did have some cash, you did have some RRSP money, uh, you had more than enough to cover your down payment. Should people be willing to spend it all and, and pay more on a down payment up front or should they try to squirrel away a little money for extra things? Well, it all depends. Um, it depends on the type of home that you're buying. It depends on the type of home or place that you're living um, when you leave. So for example, maybe you've been renting for many years. You have uh, furniture, pots, pans, and all that good stuff. Um, so you don't really have a lot of overhead. You're going from a three-bedroom apartment to a three-bedroom home. Um, so there's not a lot of extras to buy. So at that point, I would say, you know, save the money um, for any unexpected expenses. Right. Whereas if you have the money in your RSP and you're just completely starting out, you don't have any furnishings, you don't have any of those things that come along with owning your first home, um, the money that comes out of your RSP doesn't have to be completely used as a down payment. It can be used towards those other expenses. So maybe your closing costs or give you some furniture. You just can't exceed the $25,000. Um, and then that $25,000 when you pay it back, which you have to, but you're paying yourself back. And that can be paid back over um, 15 years. And that's just done by contributing back into the RRSP and then ticking off the box that you're repaying your home buyer's plan come income tax time. All right. Awesome. Uh, Angela, you mentioned already property taxes, water bills, home insurance, heating costs. People often overlook those kind of things. Is that something that you knew right away you had in mind and you factored in? Or were there any surprises when uh, when you, you finally purchased your, your home? I wouldn't say that, like, I wouldn't say there's any surprises. Like, I knew about 
the different bills and stuff like that. Like with the property tax, they do it twice a year. So I bought my house in July, but they tax in October. And even though it wasn't six months, I got I had to pay the six month worth of, worth of taxes in that. So I was, you know, that was a little bit of a surprise there. So right. just to like make sure you know how much your taxes are going to be when it comes, so that you have the money to pay for it. Yeah, that's that's yeah. excellent. I mean, yeah, it's and a lot of time people will also overextend themselves. Uh, with uh, Mike, I think you were kind of alluding to this earlier. So you know, you may get approved for a certain amount when you're buying a house, but uh, when you're factoring in your monthly payments, it's just like you know, spending the maximum amount you can on a car and then not being able to afford a gas. You mm -hmm. need to be able to uh, to factor in all the rest of these bills. Is there any? Are there any kind of tips or tools that people can use to factor in, you know, heating costs, water bills, taxes, uh, and and make sure they have enough money? Do you, do you guys help with that here when when you're talking to someone? You try yeah, we can we can give some suggestions. I mean, um, you can always search for the property tax rate online and get an estimate of what that is uh, going to be based on the assessed value. Um, the other thing that you can do is. Um, when you're looking at a home, you can see what type of heating is in there. Um, and if you notice that you have electric baseboard, for example, um, it's completely okay to call Nova Scotia Power, give them the address of the home you're considering buying and asking them what is the average bill over the last 12 months. And if that is $100, then you know that you can factor that into your budget. And sometimes it could be $700. Um, so on top of your mortgage payment that you're looking at or your property tax payment that we would have uncovered a rough amount, you know, add that heating or power cost on top. And is that realistic? Mm -hmm. Excellent. Uh, what about other closing costs? Uh, there's other things like deed transfer tax, extra costs, legal fees. Uh, is there any estimate about how much this stuff is going to cost? This is one-time fees, right? So uh, what, what's a general rule of thumb that you tell people when they're, they're coming in and looking at buying their first home? So the other than the 5% or minimum of 5% as a down payment that you either had saved or took out of your RSP or gift, um, the other things you have that you're responsible for are, like you said, detransfer tax, which in uh, CBRM, the uh, deed transfer tax rate is 1.5% of the purchase price. So whatever your purchase price is, multiply that by 1.5%. That's an extra fee you'll have to pay. And then the other fee that you need to pay is the fee to the lawyer, so to close the transaction. So that lawyer is going to investigate the title, make sure there's no deficiencies, make sure that you're not getting into something that you don't want to get into, um, and they'll also register the mortgage and put the home in your name. And on average, you're looking, I usually um, have my members budget for about $1,000. Um, $1,000 might be overshooting it. Um, each lawyer is a little bit different. Um, generally, they're within the same ballpark, uh, but it's always better to overestimate by a little bit than underestimate. Um, the last thing you want to do is have the lawyer call you or send you an email on closing day and you have a certain amount of money tucked away and that's not enough money. <laughs> right, yeah. You don't want to run into that situation for sure. Uh, Angela, any costs that came up while you were buying your house that you didn't expect any of these or, or were you pretty well prepared? Uh, did you did you know about the lawyer's fees and all that kind of stuff? Because I know buying my house, I was a little surprised with just how many extra little fees that were, were tucked in there, lawyers and, and this and that and everything else? Looking at it all, I was like surprised at how much went into it. But like I said, 
working like working here was a bonus for me and yeah. coming in and being and anybody could come in and talk to any of the lenders at any point Absolutely. get good advice so I was like they prepared me pretty well for for what I had to have prepared and I would say too some of the unknown costs um, that can show up at closing are things that are that you can't really see so they're called adjustments so basically oh. like for example if you bought a home and it had an oil tank and the seller of that property just filled the tank and it cost them a thousand dollars and now they're selling it to you they're going to expect you to pay back the thousand dollars worth of oil because they're not going to give that away so that would be an adjustment done at the time um, the lawyer investigates uh, the, the deal the other thing too is like Angela said um, property taxes so if you paid your property taxes we pay your property taxes six months in advance so if you purchase this home three months into that then you're going to have to pay that seller back the difference of what they prepaid. Yep. Um, and those are numbers that are hard for the credit union to tell you what they may be because they're so variable. Right. And there may not be one and there may be some. So, um, And the other thing that some people budget, that you should budget for, it's not something you have to do, but you should do, is uh, for a home inspection. So that could be a couple hundred dollars. Um, and that's money that you're really kind of I would say gambling with because you you want to spend the money to see if the home that you're buying is worth the money and that there's no major deficiencies so if you do get a report you spend your couple hundred dollars on a home inspection and then that home has tens of thousands of dollars worth of work that needs to be done you're more than likely going to walk away but you don't get that money back right so those are a couple things that you have to yeah. kind of think you wrote a few hundred dollars for the inspection but you're saving thousands because you didn't purchase a home that wasn't worth it so it is worth it to get the inspection for sure absolutely well let's take a short little break here and when we get back we're going to talk about finding people that can help you make the best choices like home inspectors realtors and that kind of thing stick around we'll see you soon Cooperative Money Matters is brought to you by Sydney Credit Union. Download the Sydney Credit Union mobile app today on iOS or Android and take advantage of secure features like deposit anywhere, lock and block, or touch ID and face ID login. Sydney Credit Union, truly local banking. All right, we are back with the Cooperative Money Matters podcast. I'm joined by Angela and Mike. And we are talking about the first time home buyers experience. So we, we went through a lot of stuff, but we've brought up why it's important to get a home inspection uh, and, and why that can be a bit of a gamble, but it's one that can really pay off. Angela, did you get a home inspection? Let's, let's start off there. How did you uh, go about that process? And did you find that it was worthwhile just giving you that peace of mind? Because everything else can be a little bit nerve wracking when you're buying a house and you're dealing with lawyers and realtors and this and that and whatever, uh, how did you feel about the home inspector? I definitely would recommend it. Um, I actually got three home inspections. Wow. Yeah, on Thorough. three different homes, yeah. Um, because I was looking around, there was one that I fell in love with. And mm -hmm. Anyway, um, <laughs> it was worth the money though because like I said, like the one home that I got inspect like first inspected, I was like, I lived in it before as a renter and I was in love with it when I lived there, but after getting inspected, I found out there was about $35,000 worth of work that it would have needed. Wow. Yeah, and um, that was just a little, a lot more on top of the cost of the home than I wanted to pay, so I'm yep. glad that I did it for sure. Uh, wow. Yeah. 
that's it's definitely uh, worth it. Um, they do a very thorough job, and they just go over everything, and it gives you the peace of mind to, to know that what you're buying is what you're what you think you're buying. Right. Yeah. Uh, another person that could help you find a home. Now, a lot of times nowadays people find homes online through private sales, uh, but realtors can help you find a home. Mike, is there any reason that you would recommend people going to a realtor? Yeah, definitely. I mean, a realtor is a real estate professional, so they can help you obviously with finding the home. Um, they'll help you with negotiating the price, filling out a proper contract, um, and they're always protecting your best interest. Um, so I mean, there's a lot of money involved, there's a lot of moving parts, there's a lot of ifs, ands, or buts, and there's a lot of I'll buy it as long as I can get this, that, and the other thing. So right. that's contingent on insurance, uh, financing, whether there's a well and water test, so on and so forth. So, I mean, a realtor will make sure that all these things are written into the contract properly so that um, you're, you're protected. You know, that way there, you don't want to get into a contract to say that you're going to have something met by a certain date. You pass that date and then figure out that that is not something that can be met. And now you're in a contract without being able to satisfy a condition. So that can cause a lot of trouble. Right. Uh, another thing realtors can do is point to neighborhoods that check all your boxes. They usually know the areas really, really well. Uh, and if you're moving into a new area, uh, some key things that you might be looking for, you know, schools, restaurants, shopping, privacy, all that kind of stuff, realtors are going to know those things. Uh, but there's some other things that they might know, uh, like resale value. Uh, why is that important? Well, you don't want to overpay for a home. Um, you know, you don't, I mean, there's always going to be neighborhoods that have that home that is, you know, valued a whole lot more than any other home on the street. And at the end of the day, is that the home you want to live in? Right. Um, I mean, some people may say yes, um, if you know that that's going to be your forever home. But if you're in an area, it, it doesn't mean that that home isn't worth what you're paying for it. Um, but if you want to sell it in the future, if it's three times more than any other home on the on the street, the likelihood or the ease of being able to sell it again is going to be difficult. Yeah, I know, I know some people in that situation right now. They, uh, and it wasn't a, a, a matter with them of, of paying too much for the home. It was buying an older home and doing a ton of renovations and spending a ton of money on this house. Uh, but the, the area that it's in and, and you know the things around it just can't justify the price for them to make their money back. So that's something else that you have to you know, you have to look out for. Angela, you mentioned the, the house that would cost a whole lot more than you were willing to put into it. Was that a, a factor in there too, that you know, putting in this amount of money to that house would, would not only, you wouldn't be able to- I would never recoup that money back, no. Right. Yeah. no. It would just, it would probably only bring it up to like, be worth almost what they were asking for it, so. Wow, wow. Yeah. Yeah, definitely something you have to look out for. Yep. Uh, something else that you might want to look out for, and it might be worthwhile uh, or it might be good to have a realtor on hand with this, is feeling a little bit of pressure from a seller. Uh, Mike, can you, you talk a, a little bit about uh, you know why this occurs when people are buying a house? Yeah, I mean, it's a big transaction. If you're selling a home or you are a seller, 
Um, there's a lot of money on the line. There's probably a, a plan on the line. Um, maybe you need to move because of work or kids or something along those lines. And when you have somebody who's interested in the home um, and they have an offer, you know, the, the, the temptation is there to try and get as much as you can when you're selling the property. Mm -hmm. Money always talks. Um, but at the end of the day, when you're buying, you have to realize that you're spending the same amount of money that they're going to get. And it's probably going to be the most money you've ever spent in your life on one transaction. So you just have to remember that you're in control. Um, I mean, it's your money that you're paying out. So if you feel like it's too much, then don't pay for it. You right. know, move on. There's always something else. And a realtor can find you another home. Um, you know, you need to buy with your head and not with your heart. Exactly. Yeah, it's really easy to fall in love at first sight with a home that, that checks off a lot of the boxes or just the prospect of buying your first home. Like it, It's an exciting time, uh, but you really have to try not to get emotionally attached. Uh, you really have to listen to the advice of your realtor or your financial advisor or family members. Uh, it's... You know, sometimes you run into things that are too good to be true. Angela, you, you mentioned checking out three houses. How did you pick the right one? Were there some things that you still even now kind of say, oh, I really loved that about this other house? Because I know my house, I, I love it. I've been there for almost six years now, but there are things in other houses that I looked at that every once in a while I remember seeing them and just say, man, I really liked that, that you know, way the staircase went in that one house, or I really liked the layout of, of that house versus the one I'm in now. Uh, or, you know, one had a little bit more space, but was a little older and needed work. You know, it was, there's always those things where, how, how did you keep yourself level and, uh, and make the right decision? The house that I was speaking of earlier really needed all the work done to it. Um, I was actually in love with that house. I lived in it before and my kids loved it there. So the big thing for me really wanting to move there was that my kids got so excited at the prospect of moving back into that house and that we would own it because like they had their own floor, their own bathroom, like all of their own space and they loved it. So it was that was kind of like a buying with the heart kind of thing for me. So like I, I when I think about it like, you know, I wish I had that space in my home now. But there's so many other good things that outweigh that with my home that I ended up purchasing, so. Right. After you've found your realtor, you've found your house, you've done all the other things that you need to do, you've had the lawyer do everything, uh, what are some final steps for the closing of the transaction that people will want to keep in mind when they're buying their first home? Well, I mean, one of the major things is getting a lawyer that is, you know, reputable, someone that is going to be able to be on time, um, someone who you can trust and has a good name in the community. Um, I mean, there's many lawyers and law firms that we deal with in Sydney that do a fantastic job. Um, you know, they're always there to look out for your best interests. They're always going to um, look out for the interests of the credit union as well, too. Um, because they have to make sure that the title is clear, that there's no, um, you know, judgments or um, uncertainties that are registered against that property or yourself um, when you're buying it so that the transaction is smooth and clean. Um, I would say that's probably one of the most important things. Gotcha. Anything else that people should keep in mind when they're, they're ready to close? Do a final walkthrough. 
you know, read your contract. Um, just because it's the day of and you're excited to get the home, um, the transaction is going to close, you know you're approved, the keys are just, you know, waiting for you. Um, one of the biggest things is to take go with your realtor and do a final walkthrough before you say that this deal has been done. Um, because maybe you asked for appliances um, in the contract to be included or, or window coverings or blinds and curtains or um, certain pieces of furniture or whatever it might be. Um, if those things aren't there on when you're done, then if you say the transaction is complete, then the transaction is complete. So you want to make sure you're getting what you paid for and you're getting what you offered. Gotcha. Angela, can you describe the feeling that you got when you finally closed on everything and got the keys to your new home? It was just a lot of excitement and also relief because like the process was finished, it was mine, and it just felt like really grown up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember mine. Yeah, you, you couldn't slap the smile off my face that day. It felt yeah. like such... Uh, a weight lifted off my shoulder that everything was was finished yeah but uh but at the same time it like kind of sunk in like oh man i'm an adult like i just made this huge purchase holy yeah like, for the next probably two weeks but, i yeah. just was like introducing myself as hi i'm angela i'm a homeowner <laughs> yeah that's awesome anything else you guys want to add about the first time home buying process no no well for any questions that you might have Feel free to call and make an appointment with Sydney Credit Union. Uh, come on in. We can go through your pre-approval process. We can just answer some questions that you have. Uh, we want to thank you for joining us for this episode of the Cooperative Money Matters podcast. You can subscribe on all your favorite podcast services, including iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and SoundCloud. And if you're thinking about buying your home, contact us like I said, or visit us on sydneycreditunion.com for more information, or you can actually email podcast at sydneycreditunion.com if you have any questions or suggestions for future episodes. Thanks a lot. We'll see you next time.